0: Alright, so session one, last night, very late, was the long story of Jesus through all of Scripture. And I guess you've been having some discussions about that. Um, and we had our four, we kind of summarized it with our four ways we see Jesus in the Old Testament. And the shorthand version of how I refer to that are prophecies, lineage, pictures and need so prophecies in the old testament you have these straightforward prophecies that say one is coming who will genesis three fifteen. the proto-evangelion god tells satan one is coming who will be born of woman and he will give you a, a knockout blow to the head um then we have the stories of the lineage of christ we talked about um how the stories of Tamar or Ruth or Rahab all play into this long story of of Jesus um, so that when he emerges on the scene in Matthew and we have the lineage of Christ in Matthew, we see that Jesus isn't just some random guy who shows up claiming to be the Messiah, but he really truly is son of Abraham, son of David, and it's provable through his lineage. Um, Pictures that show us our need for Jesus, like, um, or no, excuse me, pictures that show us what Jesus is going to do, such as the Passover. The Passover lamb is this really incredible picture of what Jesus is going to do. The blood of the unblemished land over your doorpost and the wrath of God will pass over you. Uh, the whole Old Testament sacrificial system is is this. It's a picture of what Jesus is going to come and do. But books like Hosea. The story of Hosea and Gomer, the story of Ruth and Boaz are also these pictures of what Jesus is going to come to do. But then we have the fourth category, which is going to be helpful to us in our next session. And a lot of the stories just show us our need for a Savior. Israel couldn't save themselves. We can't either. Israel couldn't keep themselves righteous. They couldn't make themselves righteous, and they couldn't keep themselves righteous. And we're in the same boat. We can't make ourselves righteous, and we can't keep ourselves righteous. We need King Jesus, right? All right, so that was session one. That's our our little short summary of what we talked about last night. Well, session two then, you know, session one was the long story of Jesus in Scripture. Session two today is then uh, answering the question, well, what is my place? What is your place in that long story? Okay? So with Jesus as the lens through which we read the Old Testament, we want to look at some of the noble, inspiring stories of women in Scripture. Uh, the ones that tend to resolve well, the ones that we tend to lift up when we're talking about womanhood, when we're trying to find our place in the long story of Scripture. Um, and then with Jesus as the lens through which we interpret these stories, They become something more than moral lessons. So we can receive them as not moral stories, but gospel stories. Okay. So the point isn't to be like Ruth or be like Esther, but that Jesus empowers us to faith as he empowered them to faith. Okay. Um, We're eventually going to look at stories that don't resolve well, too, in the last session, because they, too, point to Jesus. But we're going to start with the good stuff today, the stories that give us a vision for what God is calling us to in his long story as women in Christ who are made in the image of God. So we're going to start at the very beginning in Genesis 1, woman created in God's image. So what did God create his daughters to be in perfection? And it's the same question anybody should ask for themselves if they're a believer. Male or female, husband, wife, mother, father, son, daughter. For all of us at any stage of life, God created us in perfection to be image bearers of him. And this is in Genesis 1, 26-27. So we have mankind used as this universal descriptor. More modern translations might say humankind. He made humankind in his own image, and then specifically male and female, he created them. God blessed them, verse 28, and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. So both man and woman were created in God's own image. And both man and woman were sent out out into the world to replicate his image. We, in our bodies, create new image bearers. We replicate, um, even just by the the simple act of of bearing, bearing new life. New image bearers. Really amazing thing to think that in our wombs we can incubate new image bearers of God. So, subdue the earth, rule the earth, which sounds a lot like what the triune God just did in creation. See, creation at this point is still a little chaotic. There are no man made structures, there are no engineering marvels, there are no fine wines. There's no exquisite cuisine, right? There are no symphonies. There are no famous artworks, right? There's a lot more creating to be done. So man and woman are joint bearers of this weighty um, instruction. To subdue the earth, bend it to your purposes, govern it, steward it, create in it together, okay? So God sent them out sort of to finish what he started in his image, which is quite noble and inspiring, right? I love that idea. Um, But the world immediately fell apart, right? The world quickly fell apart. However, we see at the Great Commission, if you move forward to Matthew 28, Echoes of this very same language as Jesus sent his male and female disciples out into the world to spread the good news of the Messiah. What does he tell them? Go and make disciples. Okay. Go and teach all nations. I was doing a little research this morning. You know that um, where Jesus ministered wasn't even all of Israel. So he had about an 80 mile breadth between maybe the Sea of Galilee and Jerusalem. Um, a little further south to Bethlehem. So like 80 miles, which isn't even all of Israel. And Israel itself is only like 2% of the Middle East. So I didn't quite get through all the math to figure out what percent of um, continental land. So we won't take into account oceans because there are no people in oceans. But really you get down and, and Jesus's ministry is in less than 1% of, of, of the regions of the world at that time that were populated. Really fascinating to think. And so then he goes, he's going to heaven. What does he tell him? Go. Go and do this thing that you've been seeing me do in this tiny little area. I've only, I've only done it in 80 miles, you know. This world is mammoth. And did they? Here we are on a different continent, right? They went. They, they, they took the teachings of Jesus. And it's the second noble and inspiring calling once again. Go and do what you saw me do in this little area. I'm not going to stay on earth and do it. Instead, I'm going to come and dwell in you and empower you to go do it. Okay. So this thing you just saw me do, Jesus says, now go and do it in my image. And Paul in the epistles echoes this language as well. In Romans 8, he tells us um, that we were predestined to be conformed to the image of Christ. The things that we saw Christ do, we go do. And, and it was our destiny before time began. In um, Ephesians 5, he uses this language too. We'll talk about it a little bit more later. Okay, So um, we are predestined to be conformed to the image of Christ. We have first the creation mandate in Genesis 1. Redignified, reimagined through the Great Commission as Jesus um, sent his disciples out to go do it again. Um, and then in Genesis 2, we zoom in on the creation of woman, and we get particular insight on woman created in the image of God in Genesis 2:18. The Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. All right, the Hebrew term for helper is azer, and it's really worth some study. Has anybody ever done a study of azer, the Hebrew word azer? Ah, a little bit. You're ripe. Good. All right, we're going to do it. Um, I first started um, studying this um, English word help, Hebrew word azer, around the time the book and the movie The Help came out. Have any of you seen or read that? I found that um, watching the movie really um, well articulated my dissonance with this term help, okay? Because where I grew up, I I, I found the movie very um, grievous. I lamented after it because I grew up in an area where that was the history of how um, race is related. And help was used as a rather dehumanizing, undignified term, um, I don't want to be the help. I'm not, you know, it's not used in a way that reflects a woman's um, worthiness in the image of God, right? Often. So I felt like it really kind of, um, it, 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 it helped me to, to, to articulate this dissonance when I read I'm created to be a helper suitable to the man. So let's for a little bit lean out of the English word help and lean into the Hebrew word ezer, Okay. Um, The Hebrew word "azer" means to nourish, sustain, or strengthen. And the interesting thing is that it is most often used in the Old Testament of God himself. So it's used 21 times in the Old Testament, twice of the woman, um, a few times just kind of generically, not really referring to a specific person. Sixteen times in the Old Testament, God himself is called our azer, our help, our helper. In the New Testament, the Holy Spirit is called our helper or our comforter or our counselor, depending on what translation of the Bible you read. These are all translations of the Greek word paraclete or one who comes alongside in aid. Okay, so God is our help. The Holy Spirit is our helper. And this is, I hope you'll start to feel the perspective coming in. Oh, this is a little different than what it may at first seem in English. Okay. God nourishes, sustains, and strengthens. The Holy Spirit comes alongside of us in aid. So this frees me from being constrained by the lack of nobility seeming in the English word help. Can lean into the Hebrew word "azer" because um, I want to be an azer in the image of the one true azer, and this is what it means to be created in His image. Okay, so let's look at some of the verses that describe God as azer in the Old Testament. First one, Deuteronomy thirty-three twenty-nine. Blessed are you, O Israel, who is like you? A people saved by the Lord. He is your shield and helper, your shield and azer, and your glorious sword. Your enemies will cower before you, and you will trample down their high places. Psalms ten fourteen. But you do see, for you note mischief and vexation, that you may take it into your hands. To you, the helpless commits himself. You have been the azer, the helper of the fatherless. Psalm thirty three twenty, our soul waits for the Lord. He is our azer and our shield. Psalm 70, verse five, but I am poor and needy. Hasten to me, O God, you are my azer and my deliverer. O Lord, do not delay. Psalm 72, for he delivers the needy when he calls. The poor, poor and him who has no azer, he has pity on the weak and the needy and saves the lives of the needy. Psalms 86, 7, 17, excuse me. Show me a sign of your favor that those who hate me may see and be put to shame because you, Lord, have Azered me and comforted me. So, what is God's example on this issue of Azer, help? Because we are created as Azers in the image of the one true Azer. God, our help, God, our Azer, defends. He's not the one attacking. He's the one defending. God our help, God our azer, sees the oppressed and cares for the oppressed. He's not indifferent. He's not unconcerned. He doesn't see and turn away. God our help, God our azer, supports and shields and protects. He doesn't abandon. God our help, God our azer, delivers from distress So he engages us in our real needs. God our help. God our azer comforts. He doesn't avoid our emotional needs. And we talked yesterday that some of us have had fathers who couldn't handle our emotions, right? You don't feel free to go to them for comfort in your time of need. Well, that's not how God is. God our father, God our azer comforts us. He sees our needs and he doesn't abandon us in them. Okay, so God himself is our example of what it means to be an azer suitable to the needs of our male counterpart. We are his image bearers. Um, and it gives us this high and worthy, this noble calling in his long story of scripture. It's help. Help is not a bad translation, but it's help in the strongest sense of the word, not the weakest. But we only have two chapters of and Imperfection and virtually no example of woman living this out before the fall. Okay, So what do we do with that? Well, if you know what God intended in perfection, you can then recognize it when you see it in redemption. Okay, In the lives of fallen humanity being redeemed by Christ. In the lives of fallen humanity acting in faith, and their belief in the coming Messiah. So the story of Jesus through scripture. Aids us in recognizing. Azer. Image bearing help. When we see it. And then it helps us interpret it. Not as work salvation. You don't know, be an Azer to earn your place. But as redemption through Christ. Playing out in these women's real stories. Okay. So based on that definition of Azer. I'm, I'm interested in feedback. What stories from Scripture start to come to mind? Any characters in Scripture or stories that sound like that to you? Ruth. Ruth okay, Ruth. I think of Abigail and her husband. Abigail and Nabal and David. No. Any others? There are a lot to come.